I wanna welcome you here today. My name is Will. I'm part of our, our leadership team here at Elevate, and uh, you know, I just have an honor to, to lead and to serve alongside an amazing staff, an amazing team uh, that we have here at this church, and obviously under the amazing leadership of, of our lead pastor, Pastor Colby Atkins, and his wife, Kristen, and just uh, so thankful for that, and honestly thankful to be, to be a part of this series and to be able to, to wrap this up today. Uh, this series, What on Earth Am I Here For? What, answering some of the questions about meaning, about uh, being important. And, and I think it's so vital today that as we look at this question, as the, the busyness of summer is coming around, right? Like we have the, the snowiest city in the world because we got some of that summer snow, a fresh coat of that came around yesterday with some of that two to three inches of pollen. I know everyone else is like breathing good, you know, with those allergies right now. For real, I need like an IV of antihistamines just like coming through. So if anyone can hook me up, come on, let's go. Let's make that happen. I just need it for a few months until about August or so, and I should be, I should be good. But uh, this, this summer is going to be busy. It's going to get busy this summer. I mean, it's life. It is. It just, it just happens, especially here, here in Erie. And so I think this series is so important. As last week, we, we, we talked about discovering purpose and and we just looked at some questions about ourselves, like, you know, what, what am I good at? Like, what wakes me up and keeps me up? What am I motivated by? What, what are others telling me that, hey, you're good at this. You can, you can really do that. You're good at that. And that last question of what, what would I do if I knew I couldn't fail? You know, so as we looked at that, it might, might seem, seem basic, but I'm thinking, hey, this summer's gonna be busy enough. Let's not overcomplicate it. Let's just go back to, to some of the basics and start to, to focus in on that to focus in on the basics and we can set ourselves up for the rest of this year. Hey, it's already June. Time's going by pretty quick. Let's just get back to, back to the basics. And so as we we've talked last week, we talked about vision and really what is what this, this series is all about, just having this, divi- this vision, this divine guidance for, for our lives. We looked at really the foundational scripture. We're gonna put this up on the screen uh, behind me. is in Proverbs chapter 29. It says, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild, but whoever obeys the law is joyful. Take note of that word, joyful. Where there's no vision, the King James Version says, where there's no vision, the people perish. But he who keepeth the law, happy is he. Take note of that word, happy. And then in the message, a paraphrase, message is a paraphrase, it says, if people can't see what God is doing, if they can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. Last week we talked about what does it look like to stumble over ourselves. It's going from job to job. It's going from decision to decision, from, from this to that, really contradicting the decision we just made a few, few weeks ago, a few months ago, maybe the decision we made, made last year, stumbling all over ourselves. But when they attend to what he, meaning what God reveals, they're most blessed. So these words, at the end of each of, of those versions, those translations, the paraphrase, it says, uh, the law, those who keep it is joyful, happy is he, and they're most, most blessed. These are, this is, it's internal. I'm more joyful internally than I am externally. I'm more happy inside than I can be outside as well. You can fake it, but the realness is gonna be what's gonna happen on the inside. And so happy is he is we, we, we see this divine uh, guidance from God, when we have this vision from God of what our life is actually here, what on earth am I actually here for? What's the meaning behind all of this? We have, we have these phrases, these, these values of joy, these values of, of being happy, and this, this feeling of, of being blessed. Is when we have this vision, we're not stumbling around looking, 
for what to do next because we know what to do to do next. So last week as we were talking about discovering purpose, you're like, cool, Will, hey, I asked those questions and it was awesome. And I, I, know, I know roughly I'm in, I'm in a better focus now of, of what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. I know, hey, I'm created on purpose and for a purpose, but, but what's next? Like, what do I, what do, I do, do next? Like, how, how do I operate within my, within my purpose? And today is really all, all about that. It's all about figuring out what that actually is. Now, for this church, it's not just we as individuals, it's as a, as a church as well. This is our vision for the church. The vision and mission of this, of this church is, you guys see this every week, is help people far from God reach their full potential in Christ. It's helping people who are far from God reach their full potential in Christ. Hey, I'm one of them. You're, you're one of them. Every single one of us are, are one of those of the people who are far from God that can reach their full potential in Christ. It's not just about knowing who God is. That's important. We need to have that. But if that's all it was, then this mission statement would say to help people know God. And that's vital and that's important. That's just part of the journey. There's also this full potential in Christ that we can, we can have. And the way we do that here is say, talking about, hey, know God, find freedom, discover purpose. We talked about that last week. And then this week is, hey, now that you know all of that, you gotta do something with it. It's time to make, make a difference. This is part of reaching our full potential in Christ is when we actually take what we know. Last week, know God and make God known. Now we have to do that piece. It's starting to make God God known. And so the title of today's message is gonna be real simple. Make a difference. We're getting back to the basics here in the busyness of summer. Let's get back to, back to the basics. Now, some of you might know this uh, about me. I went to uh, the greatest university in all of America. Uh, it's called Edinburgh. Come on, somebody. Why are y'all laughing and not cheering? Come on, fighting Scots, let's go. I know there's at least one of you here. I can't be the only one. Come on. That's good. I wore my maroonish, reddish colored pants just for that moment, just because I wanted to say go burrow and look like I actually went there, which I did. It was, it was awesome. Love that place. But uh, it's funny, at Edinburgh, I was, you know, it's a couple years ago, I was taking uh, you know, classes there for my degree, and uh, I think it was my sophomore, junior year, something like that. I don't exactly remember, but I was taking this class. It was called Business Law, which was funny. It was my last name, but you know, it's Business Law. And uh, it was one day a week. Loved that. Awesome, go to class once a week, cool, I can do that. But the worst part about that was, it was like two or three hours long. Like it was from six to like eight or nine or 8.30, something like that, I don't really remember. So it was great, you were only there for a little bit, but you were there for a long time once you actually got to, to that class. And so we're in this class and it was a big test because you weren't gonna be able to just go back you know, two days later and take, the, you know, to take some more information. So you had all the stuff that you learned for a few weeks all at one point in time, you took this, this big test. And so we're a few weeks in and we have this test that Dr. Honorado, the, the professor at the time, uh, was teaching us and he said, hey, it's gonna be 180 questions. And I'm like, what? <laughs> 180 questions, that's crazy. So we get there. And he's passing out the Scantron sheets, which are, I still think, is what the reason why behind anxiety is so high is because of Scantron sheets and all those bubbles that you gotta fill in. But not only was it 180 questions, they were all true and false. Come on, like, hey, that's ridiculous, one. Two, if you're a teacher, don't do that. That is crazy, 180 true or false questions is insane. 
And so the Scantron sheets are going out and everyone's learning because you have to put your name on there the right way or else apparently you don't get credit for anything and nobody wants that. And so he's passing it out and you know, the kids in the class were just like kind of getting ready you know, for, to take this test. And he's just getting ready to pass out uh, the, the papers that have actually the questions on it. And he just stops for a moment. He goes, hey, I wanna cut you a deal. If every single one of you puts false for every one of those, these answers, all 180, I'll give you an A. And then he just chuckles, starts laughing. I'm like, what on earth? So now my head is going crazy. Like, what does that mean? And he just goes, hey, it's up to you to decide. And so he just passes out the test and everyone's taking the test. And there's like this unwritten rule, by the way, if you're in a true or false uh, question, is that you really can't have more than five in a row of the same answer before you know you screw something up. Like if you got too many trues in a row, you're like, uh-oh. I know it says two plus two, but it has to be false because that can't equal four because that's, that's too, many, too many in a row. And so you're thinking about that as you're going. You're like, this is not gonna work. And you know, all these questions, 180. I get back the next week and he's like, hey, I just wanna let everyone know. Not a single one of you put false down for every one of your answers. And he just laughs and everyone's just like, of course, because that's crazy. He just goes, and so, just so you know, none of you got an A+. Every single one of those questions was false. All 180. Now, you guys can laugh and be like, oh, that's crazy. That was painful. Like, to know that he not only would give us 180 questions, but he would put them all the same answer. Like, that is sick. But I think about that, and I'm like, First off, that's crazy, and I'm not just telling you the story because it's a ridiculous story, you know, I know it is. But life is the exact same way. Like, we all have a test that we're going to take at the end of our life. I don't know if you didn't know that. If you didn't know, now you know now. There's gonna be a test. There's gonna be a time where we're gonna have to say, okay, like, life is done. What'd you do? What happened? And so there's a test. And I'm gonna talk about that, but I'm not really gonna talk about the first question, I'm gonna talk about the second question. And if you didn't know there was a second question, now you do. We're gonna have to, to stand before at the end of our life and we're gonna, we're gonna report really back to God. He's gonna say a question similar to this. It's not the exact language, so when you get to that point, if you're like, Will, you told me it was gonna say this, but it says this, it'll be close, okay? But it's gonna sound something like, what did you do with my son, Jesus? What did you do with my son Jesus? I sent him. I sent him for you to pay the price for you. What did you do with that? Did you accept him into your life? Did you confess him as Lord and Savior? Did you, did you believe in him? Or did you just scoff and say, no, I'm good. I, don't, I got this. I can take care of it myself. We're gonna have to, to ask ourselves or God's gonna ask us that question. And so we need to not only know the, the question, like I had in class, but I also need to know, know the answer. And just like in class, we know the question, but we also know the answer. We know the answer to, to that question, and he's been telling it to us all along through his word, through the Bible. The answer to that question is, hey, did you, did you, what did you do with my son Jesus? It's, I knew him. And I didn't just know him here. I didn't just come to church all the time, because that's the wrong answer. I didn't just memorize some scripture, that's the wrong answer. I sang some songs, God, no. What did you do with my son Jesus? Did you accept him here? Did you make him priority over, over your life, over, over everything? Was he Lord, 
Lord over all? Did you, did you know who, who he even was? Did you, did you believe in him? Did you call him out as, as Lord? What did you do with my son, Jesus? Because he paid for your sins. But did you hold on to that payment and just say, no, I'm good? Because it's a tragedy knowing that people are gonna come to the end of their life and they're gonna have to pay for what has already been paid for to pay for something that, that Jesus paid for through his blood shed on the cross for us and resurrected back again for, for us so we don't have to pay for those any, anymore. The first question that we're gonna get asked at the end of our life, what on earth am I here for? The first question we're gonna have to ask is, we're gonna get asked is, what did you do with my son, Jesus? That determines your destiny. That determines whether you're going to heaven or to hell. Just so you know, there's no in-between it's just like the true or false question that I had 180 of them. It's either you accepted him or you didn't. There's nothing else in between. And so we're gonna have to answer that question, but the second question we're gonna have to answer is gonna sound something like this of, what did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with what I gave you? And I'm not talking about Jesus here. What did you do with what I, give, what I gave you, like the gifts that you had? So the beginning part of your life is all about knowing who Jesus is, all about finding out who Jesus is. But the rest of it is all about doing something with it. You can't just go to salvation, get saved, and that's it. Like there's more to it. And so this question is going to be, going to be asked of us as well. We look at this in, in 2 Corinthians chapter five. It says, for we must all, meaning all of those who, who pass the first test, you're gonna get asked this question after you pass the first test, will appear before the judgment seat of Christ that, that each one may receive the things done in the body. In some translations, verse, they receive the rewards of the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. And so the question is, is how can I live in order to make a difference? How can I live in order to make a difference that, hey, I've accepted Jesus and I know that's not every single person in this room and that's awesome, I'm glad you're here. We got a lot more in common than we don't. But once you've made the decision, for those of you in the room, if you've made the decision, what are you doing with it? Are you keeping it to yourself? Or are you doing something with it to make, make a difference? Every single thing that we have is a gift from God, so let's use that to make, make a difference. We have uh, some, some codes, we call these the code. It's, it's how we, we operate within our vision and mission. So our vision mission to, to help people far from God reach their full potential in Christ. Cool, how do you do that, Will? How, how does that happen here at Elevate Church? Well, they're not just these sayings on the wall that are great. They're not just some rally cry that we say every once in a while, but it's actually what we, we live by. And there, this Jesus is our message, meaning, hey, no matter what we do, we're pointing back to Jesus because that's the reason why we're doing it in the first place. It's not necessarily what we do, it's, it's, it's why we do it, but really who we do it for. We're pointing everything back to Jesus. He's our, is our message, that, that people are our heart. And that's not just some people. That's not just the people in this, this room right now or out in the lobby or in the kids area. No, it's, it's everybody. We have a heart for, for those people to say, hey, I really care if you know who God is. I really care. It, generosity is our privilege, believing that, hey, it's not just for us to hold on to, that, we can, that we're blessed to be a blessing. 
That we can make a difference that way, that excellence is our calling, saying, hey, 80% is not good enough. God went all the way, so let's go all the way. Excellence is our calling, that we can go, we can go above and, and beyond, that passion is our pursuit, passion within our worship, passion within our, our lives, passion to see people that are far from God reach their full potential in Christ. It's what we do, it's how we, we operate. And we see this, this play out, this is gonna be the, the verse that we're gonna focus in on today. This is in Matthew chapter five. Verse 14, if you have your Bibles, you can, can flip to there. If you don't, you wanna just take note, great. If you wanna look at it behind me, that's awesome too. It's Matthew chapter five, verse 14. It says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. And in verse 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven, take note of that, glorifying your Father in heaven, not you, not for the good deeds that you, you did, they're not just gonna glorify you, it's glorifying your Father in heaven, that's why, why it is that we can all make, make a difference, that we're not just a light to be a light, but we're a light to let other people see what's going on, to see what, what's actually happening, we can all make a difference, we can all give of ourselves to make a difference to other, other people. At the end of the year, uh, we, at towards like December, November timeframe, we do a series uh, that we call Until Jesus Runs This Town. And in that series, we talk a lot about, hey, look, this year, in 2019, this is what God has done. Like, we're gonna do that this year. This is what God has done. This is how many people gave their life to follow him. This is how many people got baptized, went public with it. Here's how much money we were able to give to the Erie City Mission. Here's, here's X, Y, Z. Here's all the things that God, God has done. And then we, we prepare ourselves for what God is going to do next year in 2020. So my challenge today, the challenge really for today is not, not to ask yourself some questions, but, but to really be able to stand firm and say, hey, hey, when that series comes up, Will, I wanna be a part of it. I wanna not just see the picture and say, wow, that's really good. I wanna see the picture and say, I was there. I was a part of that. I was part of making, making a difference we're all, we can all be a part of it. It's just, it's gonna take, take some basics to be a part of it. It's gonna take giving up some things to be, to be a part of it, to say, hey, count me in. Let's make this happen. Let's make a difference together. And so today we're gonna look at, at four things. Last week I gave you four questions. I think that's great. So I like the number. Let's go back to four. We're gonna go to four actions. These are four actions that we can take starting today now, we don't have to wait another month. We can start today to take these actions to make a difference in the lives of people. This is gonna be rapid fire, so right fast. The first one is gonna be give your time. We need to understand that if we are going to make a difference, it's going to take some time. It's gonna take some time, like, like yesterday. We had uh, about 30 or so people went down to Denny's Laundromat on 10th and Parade. They woke up on a Saturday morning and they did some laundry for other people in the city. They woke up, they, they gave some time in order to make a difference to some people in our city. And it wasn't just some people, by the way. We did over 200 loads of laundry yesterday morning for people in our city. Come on, it's, it is amazing to see what we can do together. I can't do 200 loads of laundry in three hours. Absolutely not. But together we can, together we can make, make a difference. It's gonna take some time. People sacrifice just a few hours 
to make a difference. Maybe you wanna look at yourself and say, hey, where do I have three hours? Maybe you even wanna do a portion. Where do I have one hour that I can make a difference? Just understand it's going to take, take some time. Another action we can take is to give, give our talent. Give our talent, like, hey, if you're really good at cooking some lasagna, you cook lasagna like a boss. Don't just make some lasagna and eat it to yourself. Maybe as that thing's cooking in the oven, you wanna go to your neighbor or go to two neighbors or whoever it is, call some people, knock on the door and say, hey, I'm making some lasagna. Would you like some? Or five slices, however many, I'm not sure how much lasagna you make. Would you like some? Can you give away some of the talents that God has given you? If you're a really good builder and you see a house that really could use some work, maybe you just knock on the door, hey, you know what, I got some extra supplies. I would love to help, you know, maybe fix up your shed. Maybe you're really good, you do landscape, and you're awesome. Instead of just cutting your grass, give your talent away and cut the neighbor's grass. Take some, take some time and give of, of your talent as well. Like what can we do to make a difference? We can give our time and our talent. Another thing we can do is, is giving of our touch. We can give our, our touch. This is taking the opportunities, not to just, hey, I wanna put my arm around you, someone give you my touch. But it's being there in the presence of somebody who's right there in front of you, smiling at them, high-fiving them, fist-bumping them, because that's the cool thing to do. Maybe just not saying anything, but you're listening to the, what's going on in their, their life. Like, we can give of our, our touch by just being present in the moment that we're actually in. We can make a difference. Will, what do you mean? We can make a difference by smiling at somebody? Yeah, because you can walk around anywhere you want. You don't see a lot of people smiling. You're gonna make a difference in someone's life. You're gonna make a difference in your own life as well by holding the door for somebody at the grocery store. And they're looking back like, why is that guy making a difference? And what are you doing? Pointing it back to Jesus. All you're doing, yeah, you're just giving some touch, but I'm gonna point back, back to Jesus the entire way. It's not that I, I have to cut your lawn but I'm gonna smile and we'll be happy doing it. But I'm pointing back to Jesus the entire time. I get to do this. It's changing that mindset. It's changing it. We can, we can make a difference if we give, give of our touch and just being present in, in the moment. The last thing we can do is, is give of our treasure. We can give our, our treasure. And I'm not talking about just money. Hey, that's a part of it. We can invest and we can make a difference by, by doing that. You know, if I just had $100 myself, I could go and I could make a difference in the lives of people. Yeah, but if 10 of us had 100 bucks, come on, we can make, some, we can make a real change. We can make a real difference there. But it's also not just about money. Money's a portion, yeah. Your attitude towards it, portion, yeah. But come on, we've all seen the TV show Hoarders. And we're probably not that far off. We just haven't got our, our TV time yet. We all got some stuff, right? Like, you look at my basement, I got some stuff. Look in your garage, we got some stuff. Give it away, what are we holding it on for? Like, what do we, what, why hold on to it? You haven't used the table in six years. Give it away, it's just collecting dust. Actually, last year, uh, just after Thanksgiving, it was the beginning of December, we had a, our big give event, and uh, during this time, it was, Super cool to be able to, to serve and to be present, to, to be able to do a lot of these things I'm talking about. But, but in that, that time, one of our team members uh, made a connection uh, with this lady, Hermeta. We're gonna put her picture up uh, on the screen. <laughs> There's Hermeta, she's cool. But uh, 
this was so, so evident of giving of our, our treasures that she had a conversation with Hermeta. Hermeta was just telling her a little bit of her story. Why? Because she was giving of her touch. She was just listening. Didn't have to say anything. Smile and listen. But in that moment, she, she saw the need and she was able to fill the need because Hermeta shared the story with her is that just a few weeks prior to that, she had all of her grandkids over and in their house in this little you know, two, three bedroom kind of apartment, like a bunch of grandkids and kids and everyone was there for Thanksgiving and they had Thanksgiving on a coffee table, like a, a three foot by one foot coffee table. They all just gathered around this little, little table, but our team member was like, uh-uh, that's not gonna happen anymore because we got some treasures we can give. And so not only, not only did she get a table, but you gotta have some plates for that table. And so they gave some plates and they also found out, hey, hey, you got two kids sleeping on a twin bed? No, not anymore, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give a bed. I got, a, I got this extra bed that's folded up against, I'm not using it. They gave some treasures away. And it wasn't, it's just like in, in that verse of Matthew, it wasn't, hey, so good job, Ken. Good job, Ellie, good, good job. It wasn't that, no, it was, thank God. She said, thank God. She didn't, she didn't care about the person who was in the room. She said, thank God. She's glorifying her Father in heaven because somebody gave up some time. They gave up their touch. They gave up their talent. And they gave up some treasures that we're holding on to. We can let it go and we can make a difference. Did we make a difference that day for them? Yeah. What do you think Hermeta's eating on tonight? What do you think Hermeta's gonna eat on next month? Next year, what do you think to somebody else that you can give away something? They're gonna use that down the road. It's not just in the moment. It's for a long time they can use it. If we just give it, give our treasure away, stop holding on to it. Where do we do this at? You're like, hey, cool, Will, I got it. I know what to do. I can do all those things. Where? I'm glad you asked the question because I'm not gonna answer it. Jesus is. In Acts chapter one, verse eight, just before he's about to be ascended into heaven, he's post-resurrection, he's talking to, to his, his disciples, he's kind of giving them some, some kind of last instructions, if you will. But he says, in verse eight, he says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Let me ask you a question. What does a witness do? A witness doesn't, judge, witness doesn't persecute, doesn't, doesn't poke at them. No, 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 witness tells your side of the story. If I saw a car accident and I was a witness, I would tell my side of the story. Why? Because I can't tell somebody else's side of the story. It's not my story, I can only share, share my own story. So if we're going to be a witness somewhere, what do we do? We just share our side of the story. It's not that, hey, I have to give my talent to you. I have to give my touch to you. No, no, it's I get to because this is what God has done for me. God changed something inside of me and that's why I'm holding the door for you. That's why I'm smiling. That's why I'm giving you a fist bump. That's why I'm listening to you because God did something in me and so I'm gonna do something to you. I'm gonna make a difference in your life because he made a difference in my life, that's what it means to be a witness. We don't have to make it so difficult. We don't have to be, hey, repent, turn from your sins. It's not like a turn and burn kind of thing. No, it's, it's here's my side of the story. God changed my life, so I'm here to change your life because I get to. I get this opportunity to do that. I get this opportunity to, to make a difference. Well, Will, I don't, I don't live in Jerusalem. I've never been to Judea and Samaria. I don't even know what ends of the earth actually means. 
good. Because Jerusalem at the time when Jesus was, was teaching this, he, they were in Jerusalem. Jerusalem to them in that time represented the place that they were so familiar with, the people that they were so familiar with. They knew these people. They were, they were like them. They were just like them. Who's just like you? Who are you most familiar with? Who do you spend maybe two, three, four, five hours a week with maybe? Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's your neighbor. You, you talk to them quite a bit. Maybe it's a family member. Who can you be a witness to? Who can you, who can you share in your Jerusalem? Jerusalem is your world. It's the people that are so close to you. Somebody you're gonna go get lunch with after church. You can make a difference in their life if you, you do those four actions to those those people, okay, great. Well, I got the Jerusalem, I get it, but what do you mean by Judea and Samaria? What does that mean? Judea and Samaria were people that were, were sort of like them, but a little different. They weren't so close to them. It wasn't like, like immediate people. It wasn't people that they knew so much. People that maybe looked a little different, smelled a little different, talked a little bit different. What do you mean by that? Well, who, who could that be? That could be like, hey, during our serve day like we had yesterday, in July, we're gonna do the same thing. We're gonna go to this park. We're gonna have a party. It's gonna be awesome. They might not all look like us. They might all smell like us. They might not all talk like us, but you can make a difference by doing those four things. You might not even have to say anything. You can just hear and listen to whatever they have to say. They might not look look like you or smell like you or talk like you or be anything like you, but I tell you what, as soon as you have this interaction with them, you're gonna realize that there's a lot more in common than you don't have. Like you've got a lot more in common than you don't. It could be serving out at the Erie City Mission, serving a meal once a month, once every few months. Could be, maybe you have access and you can you know, get into a prison and start talking to people there. Maybe you talk to some doctors when you're in the hospital, whatever it is, people that maybe aren't like you. We can make a difference. It could be serving here on the weekend. To some people, like, this is their Judea and Samaria. People that aren't like them. There's a, lot, a lot of y'all walked in this room today. Ain't none of y'all wear red pants. Y'all look a little different than I do. But I can serve you. You can be my Judea and Samaria, the people that aren't, aren't like me. People that are serving right here, right now, that are serving people that, there's some people that come from Ohio to serve here. People that come from New York to serve here. People that come from the city of Erie to serve here at this church on a weekend. It's because people are a little bit different than them and they just wanna be around. They wanna help out. They wanna to get a chance to know them. So we can serve those, those people. And the ends of the earth, what is, what is that? Who are my, my ends of the earth? Well, I don't really wanna be a missionary in the Philippines, Will. It's not really what I'm called to do. Good. You don't need to be called to do that. God's gonna call someone to do that. But you can help that person out maybe by investing in them financially or supporting them in some, some capacity. In fact, uh, we talk about this quite a bit here in this church as well, but you're all actually a part of reaching the ends of the earth whether you actually know it or not. Because this church was planted a little seven and a half or so years ago now and through ARC, the Association of Related Churches that helped plant this church. And because you guys are here, you're living, you're giving generously and supporting the mission to help people that are far from God reach their full potential in Christ. Because you do that, like every year, we help plan about 100 churches across the nation and across the globe. 100 churches every single year. That means somebody this morning, maybe the same time I'm talking, is in Nebraska 
brand new church and they're hearing the gospel message. But because you guys are here and you're Jerusalem and you're Judea and Samaria, you're making a difference in the ends of the earth to you. You might not ever even go to Nebraska, but someone's gonna hear the gospel because you're here making a difference where you're called to make a difference. It could be also with our partnership that we have with, with Convoy of Hope where when disasters strike, hurricanes like we had last year, Convoy of Hope is the first person on the scene and, and because we partner with them, we're making a difference in the ends of the earth. There's their women's empowerment program, their children's feeding initiatives to, to all these different things that they do. We're, we're reaching the ends of the earth whether we actually physically go, go or not. And actually just uh, last month, at the beginning of May, uh, we had a, a team, seven of us, went down to El Salvador as we're in the initial stages of this kind of partnership with this school, this community that's down there with, with Convoy of Hope. And seven of us went down. Seven of us came back. That's good to know. Seven of us got to witness those smiles, got to hear the stories, got to play, play with the kids. But every single one of you are a part of reaching the ends of the earth, whether you went there or not. You are a part of those, those smiles. You're a part of those kids, the joy that those kids have. You guys are a part of that. When we were down there, we were able to, to play some football, aka soccer with those kids, play some baseball, eat some food, jump some rope. They love jumping rope. We were able to hang out with those kids and it was an amazing experience, but really the main reason why we were down there, part of the reason was, was to help build this new dining hall for them. This, they eat lunch there to two different waves of students that come there and, and the tables that they were eating on were just like these nasty, wooden, uneven tables. And because of you guys and because of, of the way you guys live and give generously, we're, we're able to help build this structure for them and have these, these tables now that they can eat on a table that's actually even, it's flat. Like they can eat on that. It wasn't just the moment that we made a difference. It's we're making a difference now for kids that aren't even born yet. They're gonna eat at that, that school. But as we're down there, we're, we're partnering with these contractors, some local workers that, that we're helping partner. And really the conversation was, what do you need us to do? Because I'm not, I'm, we had some skilled guys there, but I'm not skilled in construction by any means. And so it was like, what do you need me to do? And they're just like, well, hey, we got this dedication. It's gonna be on Thursday. And the Department of Education comes in. It's gonna be a huge deal. I need you to, to take this massive pile of dirt, like as high as the keys, massive pile of dirt. It's ridiculous. All these rocks, I just need you to move them like 50 yards away, 40 yards away. Just that way it'll, it won't block the entrance and we can have the dedication ceremony. But then also the kids can get in there. That's what we need. So the guys, the girls that were there were like, all right, you got some shovels? You got, you got a wheelbarrow? Got a, some things to move it with? You want to throw it in the truck? Like, what should we do? We're trying to map this thing out, right? And they're just like, nope. We got some shovels, and we got this bucket. And the bucket, by the way, didn't have any handles on it. No handles on this bucket. But that's what we had. And at first, I was like, oh, no. This is my last missions trip ever. Like, what? This massive pile was gonna take like 15 years to, to go through it with just a bucket. But we just were like, all right, well, whatever we need to do, let, let's make this happen. And so we start pickaxing it and getting after it and getting after it. And we're asking for all this stuff. And there's like, no, we got this bucket. And so we're just going. 
And we just keep going back and forth and back and forth. And it's like 90 degrees, 85 degrees, sweating, sun. I think I'm still sunburnt from then. Like it was crazy. Then all of a sudden some people in the community were like, knew what, knew what was going on. And all of a sudden some wheelbarrows started to show up. One after another, after another. I think we had like five or six wheelbarrows or something like that at the end. And I just was thinking about as we, we finished this series, what on earth am I here for? Last week, we, we discovered our purpose. We discovered these gifts that we, we've been given. It's kind of like that wheel, those wheelbarrows. Like we, we were doing a great job making a difference. Each bucket at a time, one bucket at a time, just keep going, just keep going, just keep going. And, and that's fine. We could have got through that pile, but with the gifts that were given to us, like the wheelbarrow, we were able to really get through that pile. And I think as we close this series, we ask this question, what on earth am I here for? What meaning, what am I, what am I doing here? What is my purpose? What can I do to make a, make a difference? The biggest thing is to use the wheelbarrow that's been given to you. Use the gifts that, have already, that are already there and make a difference with what's been given to you. You can make a difference with a bucket, but what are your, what's your wheelbarrow? How can you make a difference with your, your wheelbarrow? It might not look like one, but what's been given to you that you can actually start to use to give of your time, of your, your talent, your, your touch, your treasures, what can you do and who can you, you can make a difference with? So as we close out this series, we close out today, would you just bow your heads and pray? Pray with me. God, I pray so much in this moment. God, that you would just reveal to us God, not only what you've given us, God, but reveal to us the way that we can make a difference with it, God. We don't want the wheelbarrow just to, to sit there. God, as we are using buckets, God, I pray that you would just open up the hearts of the people in this room to, to use what you've given us, God, to make a difference in our, in our Jerusalem, in our Judea and Samaria, in our, our ends of the earth, God. Show us ways that we can, we can do this. Show us a face of who we can make a difference with, that we can give of our time, our talent, our our touch and our treasures with God. Use us today. We want to make a difference in your kingdom, God. And church, as we continue in this moment of prayer with every head bowed and every eyes closed, I know there are some of you in this room that really the whole reason that God divinely brought you here into this place, into this church. It's because at the beginning of this message, I mentioned about the first test, the first test of knowing who God was. This right relationship, and so you could not only know the question, but you can also answer it the right way. You've never accepted Jesus into your life. You, you say, well, hey, I would have answered that question the wrong way, but I wanna answer it the right way. Today, I wanna know who he is. I wanna accept this free gift of salvation. And if that's you, today in just a moment, I wanna give you some language that you can pray that says, hey, well, when you pray that prayer, count me in. The Bible says that as we confess it with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, we believe it in our hearts that, that we can be saved, that we didn't earn it, we didn't deserve it, but we can receive it. We can receive this free gift of salvation, believing that Jesus died for us and paid the full price for us. If after you today, would you just boldly, I'm not gonna ask you to stand up, shout out or anything. Would you just boldly lift up your hand wherever you are in this room, say, hey, Will, today I wanna enter into that kingdom. Hands across this room, praise God for you. Praise God for you. 
God knows you, God sees you, you can go ahead and put your hands down. You can say something as simple as this. You can whisper it, you can yell it, you can keep it to yourself. But know that God hears you no matter how you do. Say something like this, Jesus, today, I surrender my life to you. I believe that you died for me and that you're risen again to new life for me. You paid the price for my sins so I didn't have to. I confess you as Lord and Savior. And from this moment forward, I turn from my sins and I choose to follow you for the rest of the days of my life. And it's in your name, Jesus, amen. Amen. Church, come on, can we celebrate with those people who just made that decision this morning, the greatest decision of your life? Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you made a decision to follow Jesus into your life and accept him as Lord and Savior, we would love to know about it. You can go online to elevatechurch.com forward slash yes, and there will be some practical next steps for you to take along this journey. If you want to commit to fueling the mission and vision of this church to see people far from God reach their full potential in Christ, you can go online to elevatechurch.com forward slash give.